Davidson Day Community Podcast. My name is Pete Moore, Head of School at Davidson Day. Each episode, you will meet different members of our supportive and diverse community. You'll hear fascinating stories from parents, board members, alumni, and the wonderful people who work at Davidson Day. In this episode of the Davidson Day Community Podcast, I was able to sit down with student representatives from our school's Community Engagement Council. This council is led by our Director of Community Engagement and Upper School Teacher, Jen Shiley. We talked about this new strategic initiative at Davidson Day and what this dedicated group of students has done so far and intends to accomplish in the future. I'm so glad you're here. So we're recording this in my office and we're just going to go around the room. This is the first time I've recorded with four other people. I'm very excited about it. So Braden, we'll start with you. Just introduction. So what grade you're in and then when did you come to Davidson Day? Currently, I'm a senior. So in 12th grade and I've been here for the last five years, started in eighth grade. I'm Vivian White. I'm a junior here at Davidson Day and I started in eighth grade, so four years. I'm Dean Harder, and I'm a junior here at Davidson Day, and I have been here since kindergarten. Hey there, I am Shiley. This is my second tenure here at Davidson Day. I am the Director of Community Engagement and Upper School English Instructor. And my name's Pete Moore. I'm the head of school. I started here when I was 45, I think, and now I'm 47, so this is my third year Still young. Yeah. I mean, I don't look a day over 60, so I'm happy about that. Right. <laughs> so we're going to uh, kick off today. This is fun because, as I said, I've not done it with such a large group before. The only other time I've done this was with two other people. So this is this is new and different. But so what we're going to start with, and I'll just sort of mention someone's name and then we'll start with them. So Vivian, on a scale from 1 through 10, 10 being the most engaged, how community engaged were you when the school year started? And what is that number now? And what, if anything, has changed? So when I started the school year, it would probably be like maybe four or five just because Davidson Day alum Kate Fleming had just passed down community service club to Braden and I. So I felt, you know, good going into that, that like, you know, we had that going and we had really planned to make differences with that this year. So I felt, you know, good about that. But now I think through Community Engagement Council and through, you know, getting more of a feel with our club that I feel probably like seven or eight and I definitely think it's going to grow as community engagement council and as we as community um, service club get to do more things and you know actually be more of a part of the community because we spend a lot of time planning and you know brainstorming which is a huge part of it that no one really thinks about so I feel really great right now and I think it's definitely going to grow. And just stepping back a little bit and Kate if you're listening we hope you're doing well you're awesome uh, is what inspired you to take over from her? So Kate is a really good friend of mine and I was in the club. She kind of, she started it and then she kind of was like, Hey, I know you, I know, you know what you want to do. And I know you would be great for this. Like, do you kind of want to step in? And then she asked Brayden, who I think you showed initial interest. Um, and then she was like, Hey, I know the kind of person you are and do you want to do this? And I was like, that's kind of scary, but Sure. Why not? So here we are. That's awesome. And Brayden, same question to you, right? You and Vivian came to see me early in the year and then we sort of put you in touch with Shiley. And and so can you just talk to us about your interest in this and how that all evolved? Yeah. So I've kind of always been someone who has felt like it's a necessity as someone who has been more fortunate in 
the life my parents have been able to give me to give back to both my community and other communities. So I do that through church and our soup kitchen. And when I think it was two years ago was the first year I was in community service club and kind of getting that opportunity to also do that here at the school was appealing to me. And then last year I knew that Kate wasn't going to be able to continue to lead the club, obviously, because she's not here. And so I decided that that's something I would want to step up and do. And what's your earliest memories of serving in this way, like helping others? One of your earliest memories. doesn't have to be the earliest. I would say my family and I do a lot of serving at our soup kitchen that our church sponsors and works with. So just like going and packaging meals and stuff like that is probably where I started my community engagement, I'd say. Great. Thank you. And so going on to the next question, and so Dean, we'll go with you with this one. So... Who, in your opinion, is someone who pops into your head when you think of being community engaged? Perhaps it's a personal relationship or someone in the world you recognize via TV, social, etc. Recently, I've discovered that there are a lot more people out there that are solely focused on being involved in our community. And I think getting to know some of those people through the Community Engagement Council, such as one of our panelists at our most recent forum, Greg Morin, who kind of showed me a unique perspective to service through military training of like post-traumatic growth instead of post-traumatic stress. I think that kind of showed me that there's more to service than just kind of looking at the surface level of it. And the more you get to know people and the more you kind of learn about it and try and gain knowledge, the more people that you see are doing good for our community. And that I feel like motivates us to do the same. And I think seeing the different ways you can do that kind of inspires me to get involved in my own unique way. And what sort of unique way has that been so far? I love talking to people when it comes to stuff like this, because I think it's important that we talk about it as a community and not just, oh, I want to do this. It's more, I want to see what people actually need and where my help can be most effective. So Recently, I was at the Ronald McDonald House helping cook meals, even though my cooking skills are (laughs) quite subpar. But just being there and being able to talk to the families who are dealing with problems with their children in the hospital, I think it kind of altered my view on what impact I can have because you're seeing it firsthand. And them just getting a meal was like the smile on their faces was like probably the only happiness they'd had the entire day. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't actually come in at an early hour because they're spending from morning to night all of their hours at the hospital. So they don't eat anything. So they get like one meal and that's their entire nourishment for the day. So if no one's doing that, then that just complicates their lives as well. So I think impacting people like that was a good thing. That's a beautiful answer. And Charlie, what about you? Like who's someone, I mean, you've been giving back for years and years now and you, I know it's something that's really important to you. Who's someone in your early life or even sort of through the the journey, your journey has inspired you to be the person you are and sort of give back to others? I could list so many people and to the fear of leaving somebody out um, who should be listed above others. I just think it's a a pattern I see in people who are truly successful as a whole, as whole, as a whole rounded person. I think the people I've admired and aspired to live like, really honor the qualities in them that feel responsible to be a part of their community through relationships in 
and the expectations they hold for the people closest to them and what they try to promote through their work and, and personal lives, and which is, if it's not founded on service, it certainly includes service. Um, and so that service can look like something so simple, paying attention to somebody, uplifting somebody, to really going all in and developing and empowering a group of people. So I think those are the folks who have stood out to me and continually show up for me in my mind when I think about who is community engagement, what does that look like? Similar question that I asked, Brayden, when you think about sort of service, either when you're really young, is there someone that pops into mind that you you know volunteered a lot? For me, both of my parents volunteered a lot. My dad, when it came to helping coach youth sports, my mum, she did brownies and girl guides, you know, spent a lot of time volunteering there. I remember driving around with my mum, doing meals on wheels. This is a long time ago. And so they're the two people sort of pop into my mind when I think about sort of giving back. What about you when you were growing up? Very similar. I think my parents, they're all about kids, right? Like they clearly were meant to be parents and they were awesome at it. Uh, my dad coached all our sports. My mom was right there cheering. She had the loudest whistle in the, <laughs> in the fan section. Um, and she made sure, you know, she was like the team mom not in like a bossy pants kind of way, but just like in a fun, hey, let's rally around these kids kind of way. And so, you know, immediately, like that was my ex- my connection to what it looks like to be engaged. Yeah, beautiful. And then we have one other question before we sort of jump into sort of more specifically what we're doing here at the school is, and, you know, we'll do this with you, Braden, because you're about to graduate. But like after you graduate, how would you like people to remember you as a student here at Davidson Day? I feel like school is such an easy place to go and show up and try to just focus on your grades and leave a reputation of being like, oh, he's a smart kid. But I'd like my stamp that I leave on Davidson to be greater than that. And I want to be known uh, for more than just that as someone who is involved in the community and helps out with the community engagement council, led the service club and stuff like that. So I feel like it's a lot of kids here at the school do a great job of that. And so it's kind of hard to stand out above everybody else. But you, we definitely have the platforms put in place for kids at here at Davidson Day to be able to do that. And I have a follow-up question. So I'm now, I mentioned before, like a push in 50. And now I feel more comfortable being in front of groups and being around like, and sort of in front of large number of people. I've marveled a number of times at your confidence of standing in front of others and and bringing them together like at sporting events and and things like that. I honestly thought a number of times, I've never shared this with you, but like, wow, man, I wish I'd had the confidence at that age to do that. Where's that come from? Because it's super cool. I guess, I forget who it was. Somebody asked me this right after we did the community engagement council. I, I want to say it was Miss Woods. And I had never really thought about it until then. But I guess it's kind of like, I'm not the most serious kid in the world, like (laughs) very much just a goofball. And so I kind of like in my head, I'm like, I've done so much silly stuff around these people that if I mess up, like they're just going to think it's me and they don't care. So why not just like go and be confident myself? Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's good to hear that because I imagine there's maybe other schools or something where you wouldn't have felt so comfortable, like just being truly you. And it's it's fun to see. That. I'm just thinking of the the roller coaster thing that you do and things like that. You want to describe that for those who are listening, like probably my mom in Australia, the roller coaster thing you do. You want to describe that? Yeah. So at sporting events, a little celebration we do is everybody in the stands will sit down in their seats. I'll get out from the stands, sit in front of the stands, facing 
everybody in the stands and we would go through the motions of going down a roller coaster. So putting your hands up in the air, swaying from side to side, yelling, screaming, the whole shebang. And and so Vivian and Dean, we'll, we'll sort of ask the same question for you before we go on. But like, what is what do you want people to remember you as here as a student? So in two years time, you know, you're going to be in college and, you know, and have left your marquee, which you have already. But how do you want to be remembered? I definitely want to be remembered as someone who tried everything. I think I'm someone who will go and try other things, but given the choice, like most people, I like my little bubble, but I want to be that person. that's like, oh yeah, like, you know, she could talk to anybody or, you know, she was involved in that and she did that. And last year, one of my best friends in the world, Delaney Brown, made me jump out of my bubble and play lacrosse for yeah. the first time. And that was so scary to me. And now I loved it. And now that she's graduated, I'm still playing lacrosse. And so that was kind of like, oh, you know, let me try that. And then, you know, when we spoke at the community engagement forum, I was like, I've never really done public speaking. And my family is massive in public speaking. Uh -huh. And they were, you know, trying to coach me. And I was like, I just don't think I can do this. But I stepped out of my bubble and I did that. And I think it's a great thing to do, especially when you're in high school and you have the opportunity to try so many different things, it's to like step out of your bubble. So I just kind of want to be that person that, you know, she could do anything. I love that. One of the great things I think that I've been able to learn about Davidson Day since I've been here for so long is it's always growing and it's never the same year after year. And I think just getting to see the growth of our school and the impact that current alumni have already had on us based on their decisions and actions kind of really shows me that I want to leave a lasting impact. So I think through the creation of the Community Engagement Council and us trying to advance the service club to provide opportunities for people in the future to participate in service and develop those relationships with service organizations and people in our community, I think that I would like me to be remembered as someone who was able to start that and kind of leave a lasting impact on the school as a whole. That way, people will remember us as those who really cared about our school and the people that were going to follow us. They are three incredible answers. Thank you. And it's so wonderful to hear you say that because one of the things that I've loved most about working at a high school. So I, my previous to working here, my career had been, I worked at a K through 12 school, but there was two different campuses. I worked at the elementary campus and then elementary, and then we didn't have middle school in Australia. It's K through six, seven through 12 is high school. And so I didn't spend as much time around the high school kids. And what I've really loved about working here is that there's a real culture and something that I've been able to help sort of, I guess, propel is that if someone has an idea and they want to do it and they can run with it and and I'd like what you're saying about so we have seen situations in the short time I've been here around people leaving a legacy because they've jumped in and they've been involved and and even you know to to what you mentioned before with Delaney is that like people recruiting others to play and so you're a great athlete and it's very easy to win athletes to stay in their sort of singular sport. And then just like that to, you know, people sort of pushing as simple as that to whether it be our diversity forums and things. So that's a wonderful answers all around. And now we're going to sort of jump into uh, sort of our topic broadly here is about sort of community engagement and, and Davidson Day sort of being more involved in the broader community. And that's what sort of Charlie was brought to the school to do. Uh, and so, I'm going to start with you, Charlie, with this is just what does the phrase community engagement mean to you? Community engagement is what we've been studying 
we've been meeting about, we've been learning a lot about researching and really just listening to experts in industry share their perspectives so that we could then see, okay, we're not going to sit here and tell you what it is. We're going to listen and find out who's around us so we can help define our role and what it is becoming for ourselves. So I think a lot of that is rooted in the value of belonging and the value of proximity. I think community engagement is how rooted we are in a space, how connected we are with people, how willing and able we are to make to build relationships. I don't know if you've heard of the saying, like you, as low as your roots go down, your potential can go up. Oh, nice. I've totally, I butchered that, but it is something like that. We can, we'll fact check that later. Yeah, well, so, sounded good to me. If we can take roots in our community that match our community, that are aligned with our community, um, that serve our community, then what is possible for us as a body of students, as a body of faculty, and as ultimately the Davidson Day community truly has the most potential and it can unlock opportunity for years to come. Wow. And follow up from that is how does community engagement align with academics? Because I've got that, I've had that question before and I have my own sort of view on it, but is just, it's like, well, where does this fit in to a school? And I think this is sort of wraps around everything we do is community. But so when, so answer this question, how does community engagement align with academics? So I, I don't know if you guys remember this from the panel from the summit last week, but uh, one of our panelists said this so well uh, in the sense of you can be all academic and you can be singular in your uh, focus and purpose, but that's only part of who you could possibly become. Mm. So from here, you know, are we practicing the character pieces that match up with your academic excellence, right? So our mission literally is to foster academic excellence through collaboration, creativity, and character development. And it's not like one separate of the other. It takes it all uh, in combination and coordination. So from here, if our students understand, you know, there's I'm multifaceted. I'm, I have more to offer than just my grades on paper. Statistics show you're more hireable, you're more profitable, you're more popular, you're more influential, you're more capable, and you know, you're a better team player. You've got a lot more going for you in you know, what I like to call power skills or real skills. Some people say soft skills, but they're... Oh, I like that term, power skills. Yeah, empathy, grit. That. Yeah, take it, run with it. Um, <laughs> but I'm with it all day, and I think there's that and, un, and the added unlocking the a purpose is connected directly back to the community engagement piece. I love the fact that you talked about our mission, which is talks about academic excellence. So fostering academic excellence through creativity, collaboration, character development. I might have got them in the wrong order. Collaboration, creativity, character development. But it's just like we want our kids to excel academically. But the way that you do that is collaborating with others. It's through creativity and through being an awesome person in character development. And so I have a similar question for anyone who wants to take it. What does community engagement mean to you? Who wants to take this one? Everybody jumped up for that one. I'll take it. So like Shiley said, we've done a lot of, I guess, research in meeting with these people in different communities and how they're engaged through community in our little meetings. And I think what I've learned from that is community engagement is less about like when I went into community engagement council, I was thinking right away, okay, being engaged in the community is just going and doing service. But I feel like I've learned it's so much more than that. It's being somebody that's just a part of a community and being engaged in that community, not just going and showing up, but 
say school, for example, I, I could come and I could go to my classes and get my grades or whatever, but I try my best to be so much more than that and show up to sporting events and support my fellow students and collaborate with other kids about stuff outside of school or whatnot. And so it's, it's just taking that extra step to be engaged and I'm blanking right now, just like being someone who is willing to sprawl out throughout their community. I love it. And so I think this is a great place to, to pause. And so one of the, the, Greatest things about hiring Shiley, so she we wanted to hire a director of community engagement. We were so thrilled that she came back. But I meet with Shiley and Mrs. Gray and Mr. Smith every uh, every two weeks, and I've said this to you before. I feel like your brain hums, like it's sort of it's always working. It's incredible the ideas you have and what I've learned from you. But one of the coolest things I learned from you was the different sort of levels of, I guess, giving or giving back. And you start with. Can you talk that through that for the next couple of minutes? I can try. Uh, so it's a concept, an idea shared with me from John Quinn, who is a Davidson resident here and has uh, high impact work through the Wakami Foundation in uh, Guatemala and through his various consulting energies here. And so I can't claim it is what I'm trying to say. But the various levels to engagement start at relief, right? The immediate Red Cross shows up and delivers this because it's a high need and we need that. Second level is more about compassion and our ability to partner and come together with the people. And the third level is all in empowerment. And that's us not saying, hey, let me come fill your need. It's, hey, let me provide a space where you can learn how to fill your own need. And that's done really well over time. It takes truly incredible listeners and empathetic givers uh, and people who have a passion for understanding other communities, not just, you know, checking off volunteer boxes and I say that respectfully because, again, there's a need for those those volunteers' hours, but I think it's people who are willing to go all in, listen to other communities' needs, and not feel like it's their responsibility to fix it, but to just provide a space for those folks and those communities to uplift themselves. I think that's ultimately our communities as people, our interest is to provide for ourselves and to take care of our families and um, our school and our neighborhoods. And so I don't need you to do it for me. I just need a little nudge to get started. So that level is highest level. Um, but again, all areas, you know, those each of those three facets is required toward truly being a good citizen, being a good student, being a good community engager. Reason I love that when you first mentioned it to me and have thought about it a number of times, and I got to write it down because I keep asking you what it is, is that often community engagement or service learning in schools has felt primarily focused on relief. And what I really love about sort of the next level of compassion is that you then, instead of just not just because it's, as you said, it's needed, you're actually then engaging in the community. And Brian Stevenson talks about so the power of proximity is that you're getting close to the community and asking people, what do you need? Not just I, and then, you know, obviously the empowerment going after that. So I, that's what I like about the work that we're doing is, yes, we're doing, we're going the relief work and we're learning, but then how do we go about and sort of, and sort of bring sort of compassion and empowerment. And I, you know, kind of plug and promote our AP psych teacher, Jill Cope. She has introduced a survey and this was an outcome of our meeting with officer Mike Prather of the town of Davidson. Let's set up a survey uh, for the constituents, the various constituencies of Davidson. So as a Davidson Day student body, we can learn more about the community we live in, right? So let's survey our business leaders, our educators, and so on, all the different, you know, our parent groups, and let's find out what the needs are in these individual communities. So COPE heads this up, our kids 
capped in the process. And objectively, by the end of year, we have a report to share about our position in the community and how we could possibly next year really get hit the ground running. Um, it's a student-led, student-partnered uh, mission with, again, our faculty. And secondarily, maybe primarily, that's the best part, in my opinion, of the council is how our faculty and our students have like truly work together. There's no hierarchy. There's it's just taking a team. So inwardly, we're demonstrating what outwardly we're trying to a- accomplish, right? It's that teamwork and that engagement. So Dean, we've been talking, uh, mentioned a few times, the Community Engagement Council. Can you describe what it is and what your experience been like so far? So I think the Community Engagement Council is a group of students who wanted to kind of reach beyond a surface level idea of service, which like Ms. Shiley said, it's really good that there are people who are just volunteering to volunteer. And that's obviously needed in our community and across the world. But it's the people that actively want to progress on that and make an actual impact that's going to change an environment permanently. Nice. So I think there's eight of us in the council, not including faculty members. And I think all of us are kind of unique in that we all bring different ideas to the table. And I think if you don't have like a council kind of like we have, it's harder to get your ideas across in a club because it's more led by a specific person. And sometimes you feel ostracized and are scared to bring up your own ideas. But I think in our council, kind of all of us kind of feel the freedom to talk about whatever we want to talk about and bring up anything that we think would benefit us as a community and provide opportunities for others. So I think that's really the importance of the council is that we're all kind of equal and that we all are able to share our ideas in a free space. And I think all of us have done a great job of making that a big goal of ours, that all of us have a role and it's not just one person. Great answer. And Vivian, do you mind just sort of adding to that and just talking about how often you meet, what do you do in the, what, what you've been doing so far? You've mentioned about people coming in, that type of thing. So yeah, I just want to also add to Dean's point that many people have kind of asked me like, what's the difference between that and like community service club? And I think it, it is really what Dean said that it's like, you know, for community service club, we meet on Wednesdays during what would be advisory time. And we get up there and we, you know, tell them what's going on, you know, what we're doing. And then they're like, can we leave? But on Community Engagement Council, we all talk collectively and kind of build one mind. And it's not just like all of us kind of, you know, just standing up there being like, hey, this is what's happening. Okay, great. But no, it's really, we do, we have the guidance from the teachers and stuff that help us, like Shiley and Miss Cope. But it's really all of us collectively coming up with something, just like Dean said. So we meet on Wednesdays at 12 till about 12.30. Sometimes we get food. It's great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's my favorite part. (laughs) Um, And we just kind of, we've had speakers come in. We had Dr. Gadare, who was on our panel, come and talk to us. We had, I am totally blanking on his name, from the food industry. It was Zach Wyatt. Uh, That was our first meeting, I think. And he told us all about the food industry and, you know, growing food. And that was great. And so I think in our meetings, you know, we all do brainstorm and we talk and we learn. And I think that's a big part of it. And during the forum, a really common theme was hearing and not just listening. And I think that's, you know, what we're trying to do in our meetings is to, you know, 
figure out something and we need to hear what they need and then make our, you know, whatever we want to do off that. But I think it's really important that we've done a lot of research because I think people just think of community service as like, oh, I'm going to go build a house when really it's like, what do these people really need? And like, how can you plan and, you know, come up with like more of a long-term solution rather than just, I built you a house. So I think that's really great. And that's what we talk about in our meetings. And you've, you mentioned a few really cool terms there, but you talked about the difference between listening and hearing. Can you just, what does that mean to you? So Mr. Morin talked a lot about this and I think it was his point of view was like, we hear or we listen that like, oh, somebody had a hurricane. But so you go and you send them things, but you're not hearing that what they need is not just food, which is great for the time being. But what they need is, you know, you're not listening to that part. You're not hearing it. You know, you're just, those words are really interchangeable. I know. Um, (laughs) You're not hearing what they really need as a community. And this goes back to Dr. Gadare talking to us about a story in Guatemala about how, you know, it's great that we can have food for a week, but then when you guys leave, what are, what are we going to do? And he talked about, you know, building more of an income for these people by selling what they make. And that's really hearing what they need. That's not just being like, okay, you had a hurricane, so now we're going to send you all this stuff. And so I think that is really important. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration a lot more than it is. Thank you. And you use this term, which was also very cool, one mind. What did you mean by that? I just think a lot of times, especially in individual clubs, it's kind of just the club leaders, you know, ideas and minds. And I know we get a lot of influence from like Mr. McDonald, but what we're trying to do is we've been better at, you know, finding out what our club also wants so that we're kind of utilizing one thing. But I think, I think definitely in community engagement from the beginning, it's been all of us together. There's never felt like a pedestal of anybody in our council. And so we just talk and we brainstorm and we put all of those ideas together. And so it might be a little bit of my idea or a little bit of Dean's idea or in, you know, some of Braden's and we just combine that together into one best idea. So it's not just like, oh, you know, that's a great idea, but we can combine and collaborate. And I think it's really great. Yeah, the reason I love that so much is because I've worked with really great leaders over time who I've tried to learn from. And that's something I've tried to emulate from them is if you're an effective leader, it's not about coming up with the ideas. It's about hearing or listening to a whole range of different points of view and then collectively coming up with something. Now, you have to, might have to make the final decision, but it's about sort of that the idea essentially or the final thing that you're doing is a very much a collaboration. It's not like, well, I've got the best idea and I'm going to implement it. So I really like that. And Brayden, back to you. Is that Why do you think community engagement is important? So in our summit, one of our panelists, Mrs. Walter, kind of, she touched on this a lot. And she said it's it's not really something that you choose. You can't choose to be engaged in the community. It's, it's a necessity. So I feel like it's important for everybody to be engaged in their community. One thing I've always kind of gone back to is I want to say it was Vivian said this in one of our meetings. And it's just important when you have the opportunity to give back to someone else and share your gifts of time or talent with someone else, it's important to do that because if the roles were reversed, you would always want that to be done to you. So I I guess that's kind of why I feel like it's important. It's just, it's a necessity for 
a community to get along and be successful. Can I just add something without going off too far on this? I think what Braden just said is so important because I think it is often us that needs something back, right? Like at any point in time, we all need something from others or we'll just try to carry it ourselves. And so I think the more proximal we are, the more we're engaged. Sometimes it isn't as much as how much we give back, but how much we give in. People see us differently. We see them differently. And it seems really like, I know this is way off of where we started this question. That's fine. Uh, Mr. You know Moore, I love but, a tangent. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like we start to see each other a little differently and it's less of a, oh, I'm going to give back to you now than it is like, oh my gosh, what do you need? And it's totally organic and not at all like an effort. And you mentioned something and you said give in. What do you mean by that? I think I know, but... Mm, I just thought of it when Braden was talking. So I think I mean, it's more of like, I'm not going to act as if I'm doing you a favor. I see a need and I've got what it takes to, f- to help with that at this moment. Let me give in to that and cultivate whatever it is between us that will happen kind of as a byproduct of me just allowing my strength to shine at that moment when, when I've got it. And then when you have a strength and I need something... You know, maybe you give that back. <laughs> I don't see how I could just talk and talk circles and get confused um, no, but I, around the, this concept. Because when you said that, something that I've been trying to work on is giving in, right? Meaning that, and so I sort of, I thought of it in a slightly different way, is something that I'm not overly good at is accepting help, right? I love helping others. That's one of the reasons I got into teaching and into education. But then there's there's been times in my life where I've needed help, but I'm very bad at asking for it. Or even when I do need it and someone offers it, I'll say no. And so something I'm trying to work on is that concept of being, is giving in, is that recognize and some of the, my friends and mentors will say, remember, you're human. Like, there will be times you'll need help too. Like, and they haven't used the term give in, but I like that. Is that there's times that, you know, yes, it's beautiful that we're giving and that's amazing. But there's also times where we'll need. And it's sort of that sort of full circle of hopefully that happens in that, that moment as well. One thing I just want to add really quick is something that Betsy Mack said that really kind of stuck with me. And it kind of goes with what Miss Walter said. But Miss Walter was like, I think everybody wants to engage in a community. It's just they don't know how or they don't know what they can do. Um, And she said sometimes that's just, you know, sending a check. And she was like, sometimes that is, you know, what is needed. But also it's important to enrich the experience. And Miss Max said when she had the time, she gave the time and she really put in she talked a lot about her childhood helping in Iowa. But then she said, when I had the finances, like I gave the finances. And I think that people think community engagement is like, I have to go out and do something when really it's in any way you can, you know, engage. If that's financially, that's financially. If that's, you know, going and doing something, then like also that's great too. And I think that it's such a, we need to be like thankful that it's such a broad there's such a broad way to help and in any way really helps. And I think that that was really important. And I think that it needs to be thought about more that way because people are like, well, you know, I'm not really doing anything, but it's like, you know, everything helps. And I think that was important. I mean, that made me feel good you saying that because for a few different reasons, one amazing answer, but is the other is at the time of my life now, I got two children. There's been other times in my life where I've been able to volunteer more time right? And I sort of feel a little bit guilty that because my job's very time consuming, I've got two young children. And then 
it's a time in my life where I'm, I feel very time poor, right? But I'm also in the time of my life where I have a capacity to give back. And that's what I've been focusing on is there's a cause we believe, really believe in as a family and, and we've been sort of helping with that financially. But so I, I really love that way of, of thinking about it is that at different stages in your life, there will be sort of different opportunities to give back. So we've mentioned the Community Engagement Summit and the amazing people who were there. Who of you want to sort of describe that and describe the event and what it was? Yeah, so Shiley came up with the members of our summit, those being Mr. Morin, Mrs. Walter, Mrs. Mack, Dr. Gadare, and uh, Mr. Caldwell, who used to be an alum here. So we did a lot of foreplanning in reaching out to them getting some insight as to how they feel they are engaged in the community. That way we could tailor questions to them and kind of get an idea of which questions to ask who. So each of us in the Community Engagement Council acted as a point person for the members of the summit. So we got on calls with them and talked to them about community engagement. And then Vivian and I were the moderators for that and Marie was our MC, and then everybody else in the Community Engagement Council did so much behind-the-scenes work as getting ready, writing thank-you cards for the members of the forum and whatnot, and it was just a good conversation. Me and Vivian sat up there and asked them questions about community engagement, got to prick their brains a little bit, and yeah. So thank you, and thanks for all the work that went into it, and a question that I have sort of leading on from that is, what was one of the most impactful things you learned from the forum? So Vivian, you want to take that then, Dean? I think it's definitely going back to the hearing and not just listening. That was really touched on by every member of the panel. And I think that was definitely something that needed to be learned by so many people and can help things in ways that they didn't even realize by just Mr. Morin just said that. And I feel like it really touched a lot to the audience. And then we asked them what was one thing that they could do that the audience would take away. And they all touched on that and said that. And I think it was really important and it was really impactful to hear that from them and in the positions that they're in, which are, you know, much higher than we are. And so I think that was really important. Beautiful. Thank you. I think one of the things I gleaned from the summit was that it takes a special person to really follow their passion. And I think Mr. Caldwell touched on this, but you might have an interest in something and it might be something that is not necessarily popular in our current age. And I think that kind of stuck with me because so many of our interests and passions kind of dwindle out because we feel that we'll be outcasted by society for having them, even though ordinarily no one's really going to do anything. They might care for a minute and yeah. then forget about it. But I think he touched on that if you have a way to relate community service engagement in your community to your passion, it becomes less of a way of necessarily even doing community service because you're just doing what you love. And I think at least most of us on the council, I'm going to say all because all of us should, care enough about our passions to kind of want to touch in 
or kind of bring those into what we're doing every day. And I think you can kind of see that through people's personalities. I mean, some people are kind of more introverted and hide that, but I think most of us are able to express that more than others. And I think that that makes it really special for the council to kind of gain that valuable information from the summit just by listening. And I don't think I would have thought about that before because, I mean, it's such a plain and simple idea that you don't think about it. Yeah, great answer. Brayden, what about you, mate? What did you take away? That's a great question. I, I took away so much, it's hard to put my finger on one thing. But I think I would say with what Mrs. Walter said about community engagement being a necessity and the fact that we all are truly engaged in our communities, maybe just not at a level at which we see it as community engagement. And so kind of seeing that now, thinking back through the communities that I am in and my role and how I engage in them kind of has helped me realize that it is much more prevalent than I realized before. Something I want to touch on, thank you, and, and I really like what you said about sometimes you just, until something has a label, you don't realize you're doing it, right? Like you might be sort of giving back at your church or being involved in your whatever community you're part of, and then until someone says, yeah, this is, part, you're being, this is community engagement, you're like, oh, this was just like hanging out and doing things I love. But something that I'm really interested in, so when people talk about a Davidson Day being a college prep school, right, which I love, and I, I love college and the thing that I think a lot about is it's not just getting kids into college, young people, is it's getting them like thriving at college and then thriving beyond college. And a question that I sort of grapple with and I'm just fascinated by is how do you maintain, as Dean said, sort of that passion long-term? One of the amazing things working with young people is that passion is evident in most people. Like there's the things that they love, they've drawn to it, whether that be art or sports or music or a thousand different things. But then as folks get older, that sort of sometimes dwindles a little bit, right? That flame gets smaller or some, sometimes it feels like goes out altogether. What advice would you give me as someone who works at the school is helping young people to hold on to that? So we have this time until you're sort of 18, sort of years old, 17, 18 years old, whether you're out in the wild. And so how do we help you hold on to that and, and sort of push it through and not and when even though that you might feel challenges in life i think the most important thing with that is kind of one creating a space where people feel that they're comfortable to express their passions and i think one of the ways that you can like kind of allow children to be more confident in their passions and stick with it in a long-term situation is finding different ways of expressing it because most passions are usually either very specific or very broad. And I feel like, especially with service, if you can relate your passion to service, it's not something you're probably ever going to want to give up. And it's not that it takes like your entire week so it becomes your job. It's one of those things where you could do it on the weekend. You can do it occasionally. It, it's really just something that allows you to do it in the long term. It's not going to be something you just do on the weekend because it it just becomes a part of your life and it it's no longer a toll. You're not doing something that you don't want to do because if you're expressing your passion, you're happy. You're not, you're not thinking about what you're doing. And I think 
giving kids the opportunity to share those passions with people they trust, which is evident in the trust that the students here have in their educators and teachers, really just allows people to kind of drift through high school, college, and life kind of never really losing their passions. And I think that that's evident through Mr. Caldwell because, I mean, he's one of the people that was originally at Davidson Day before this building even existed. And he still engages in his community today, even if, even though he's got a job at Bank of America. And I mean, it really just shows you that you can kind of follow your passions without actually necessarily having to do that for a living because that's why so many passions dwindle is because one, there's not a financial aspect to it. So all of us need some financial income, but I think that that kind of unmotivates people from following it. And I think that at Davidson Day, it's really important to have that relationship between educators and students where they can build a method of which they express it. I think it's also really important to note that your passions can change. And I think, you know, too often people are like, well, you know, I used to love this. Like, why don't I love this anymore? And I think as you grow throughout life and you move to different phases of your life, your passions change. And like, that's totally fine. So, you know, if you were passionate about something and you were super involved with that and, you know, you got burnt out, it's not wrong to find a new passion and to find something new to completely dive into. And like, you never want to burn yourself out. But um, I think people feel guilty that they're not as passionate or they don't, you know, care so much, I say with air quotes, about something and they, you know, want to try something new. And I, I don't think that's, I think that needs to be taken into consideration that that's totally fine. And that as you grow and as you change, so are the things you like and want to do. And so I think moving into a new form of community engagement when you change phases of life is really important. Just to add on to what Vivian just said and back to your analogy of the fires, I think it's really important that as you're trying to find something that you're going to do to further engage yourself in a community is it's important to make sure that that fire is being kept burning by you and it's you're not looking for an external source of gratification from a parent or a mentor or something like that but it's something truly you enjoy and you want to keep striving to get better at or keep as an implementation in your life so I guess all I'm trying to say by that is just like make sure it's a true passion of yours and it's it's okay if it's not the most normal thing in the world if like i don't even know some wacky example to give but it's just important that you follow what you feel like is important to you it's so cool doing this with the three of you and four of you with charlie here is just like is i've done this one a podcast once before with students and it's a great example of just what amazing young people we have here like that your answers today have just been Really, truly incredible. And I just have one more uh, question before we're going to go into our rapid fire questions. But this is something that, you know, Charlie's been helping us with and we we see this as sort of a long-term thing. And it's because, you know, real change doesn't happen overnight. But how can we help our broader community be more engaged and involved? I think it really comes down to creating a platform for people to do that. Mm. And I think that with the creation of this council, thanks to Ms. Shiley and the students who are willing to fill out the application and join <laughs> it, it really allows people to kind of allow their expression of service to be seen by the entire community. And I think 
a lot of people, at least in the past couple of months, have been kind of like asking us, oh, what do you guys do at the council? Like, what are you guys doing that's different? And I think not enough people understand what we're actually doing. And a lot of times we try to give explanations, but they're already tuned out with something else because people's attention spans are very short. But um, I think that kind of getting us out there in the school community, at least, is the first step to making it on a large scale within our entire Davidson community. And I think kind of building that place where everyone knows that we're the ones that are kind of organizing everything and helping contribute to making our community better is really important. And I think that the emphasis on that should stay with the council. So thank you. I feel like one thing is service. It's, it's never fun when it's forced. And so I think a big thing that is important. I think that's a, sorry, very to cut you off. That's something that is just a quote we should get on t-shirts. It's never fun when it's forced. It's like, you know, like do your chores. It's just like, how can we make that fun? You know what I mean? Like, sorry. Exactly. So what I feel like is the easiest way to solve that issue is to, to make a culture change and make it be seen as something, not a requirement, but just like it's the right thing to do. So that's why we're going to do it. And then students don't see it as, oh, I have to fill out this for my college application. But it's 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 just something we do at Davidson Day is we're involved in our communities and we serve and we make our Davidson Day community a better place. Boom. Great answer. Yeah. And to Braden's point, it's not like community engagement is new. In my opinion, Davidson Day has been doing a fantastic job over the years, and we're just starting to see, like, put all that on paper to, to actually get an accurate picture of all the Davidson Day community does within these walls. And I think that's part of, in my opinion, the answer is recognizing, while this is not our home home, we spend so much of our day here, and we want to create a home-like feel. And within a home, you've got your foundation you know, our values that are important to us and from which all of our decisions and our actions are connected. I think the people in the home are our families who, in my opinion, we've got the best families. Like, we've got the best families in this area here at Davidson Day School. And only, I would say, a slight edge over the teachers. Our students are by far no-brainer the best part of this school. So I think positioning our students in a way where they're driving and making a lot of decisions for uh, what the culture of the school looks like is reflective of the values we have. And I I would say, as an example, we invited our clubs to participate in the summit, and the clubs were a reflection of what the upper school provides in like, diverse programming and, and fun ways to engage throughout the school day. And those students actually stayed for the summit event. So there was a student section at a community engagement event. And like that student section would match attendance at an athletics event or a theater event from student representation. And it was really exciting, I think. And a lot of the feedback I got via email or in person was was applause for the students who came out. And the students themselves were really energized by it. And some of them have reached out about how to be a part of the council. We should have had Braden do the role. No, I just thought that. <laughs> that would have been cool. So I think I think it connects, it connects back to what Braden was saying because it encourages a, a culture of what, you know, we've started to identify as not – not community entertainment, but community engagement. And so it's forcing us in our home here, in our house, to take a more more of a responsibility to get in the game um, and to be part of the school moving forward and potentially partnering as we do with the council with faculty and our parents. And from what that looks like, we'll be more organically uh, perpetuated over time because the, the kids are in charge. 
Thank you for all your involvement in the Community Engagement Forum and Summit, Community Engagement Forum, and then the Community Engagement Council. And a bit of a lesson for you, our young people sitting in the room here, is you're all going to be leaders in whatever capacity in your life going forward. One of the most important things that you do is hire great people. So when I hired, well, as part of that, hired Shiley, right, I had no idea this thing would turn into something as awesome and engaging as it is engaging. So Shiley, thank you. And that's, yeah, the importance of hiring amazing people. So what we're going to switch to now is our rapid fire questions. We're going to go around the circle, the four of you, and we're going to, I'm going to just do one question each because instead of asking everyone to answer each question, and so that whoever wants to start, we can start with this one. What is the book or books you most frequently recommend to others? So I love reading. One of my great teachers, Mr. McDonald, suggested this book called Mindset, The oh, New yeah, Psychology Car- of Success. Carol Dweck. Yes. I've read it probably three times. Oh. <laughs> well, I struggle on the mindset thing, but we're working on it. And this is a great book that everyone should read. And I think it changes your life, honestly. So props to him for giving me that book freshman year. It's an amazing book and uh, it's actually changed. It was released but just when I had kids and it changed the way I parent and think about parenting and, and also um, helping others. Wonderful recommendation. All right, Dean, we're going to go around the circle. So what are some things that you love doing in your free time? I think I really love playing sports and being in high school, I mean, there's so many opportunities because a lot of our sports teams are small and with having a small high school, you're basically able to participate in whatever you want. And I think that kind of doing that really has allowed me to develop myself as a person because you see so many different things through sports. You can kind of develop a deeper camaraderie with your friends that you might not have kind of talked to because of different grade levels or different friend groups. So I think sports kind of connects us all and I love doing it. And that's how I got to know you really well is uh, I love, I was a goalkeeper, Dean's a goalkeeper. We, we spent a number of hours the last couple of years on the field together. Indeed we have. And But you're right, like it's a great way to get to know people and, and build camaraderie. And so both Charlie and I grew up playing sports, so we very much agree with you. And so Charlie, if you could learn a new skill, what would it be and why? My eight-year-old asked me this question and that answer to him is like some superpower. Uh, but we're talking like, like hard skill. Yeah, I mean, it probably have to be in this realm. <laughs> yeah. I think something... Something in engineering or architecture, some design that is super relevant right now. Like I would love to special, not just specialize, but generalize and train and get out there and learn some stuff that could maybe impact what I'm doing in my day job. But like mastery in my free time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> in my free time. All right, Braden, over to you. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um. So I feel like one thing that, I've learned over the last, I would say it's been three years is just like the ability to just go and be where my feet are and just act. And if I have the opportunity to do something and it works in my schedule and I have the time for it, just do it. At worst, it's a bad experience and I learn from that bad experience and grow. At best, it's the community engagement council and I'm able to help make a culture shift at my school to make service a bigger proponent. Fantastic. All right. We're going to actually do this a slightly differently. We're going to go around the, the circle with the, with the last question. And so Vivian, we'll start with you is what inspires you? 
probably my friends. I think it's really important to surround yourself with great people. And I have some of the best friends I could ever ask for. And they really inspire me to want to do better and be better. And just, you know, we have a lot of fun. And I think, you know, they make life enjoyable. So they really inspire me to live. And I would say... I heard this advice one time. It was to have great friends, you need to be a great friend. So chances are you're a great friend. All right, Dean, over to you, mate. I think the thing that inspires me the most is probably actions because through actions, you can really see what people are thinking. And sometimes people don't exactly have the real version of themselves kind of shown. And Mm -hmm. I think you can't fake actions in everyday life. So just seeing the actions of the people around you kind of inspires me to one, do things better that my friends don't. And two, kind of shows you what you can do to become a better person. And I think that's really important. All right. Thank you. Shiley. Yeah, I'm inspired by whether it's people doing this or if I can work on something in collaboration with others and do this. Um, It's designing something from a vision and just going for it. And seeing what can happen. And if it's a wreck, it's something we've learned from. And if we pulled it off, kind of like what Braden was saying, like it's beautiful and maybe we'll do it again. So the opportunity to follow through on a vision and just go. Thank you. And Braden, bring us home. I would say what inspires me is my ability to leave a lasting impact on others around me and really be a person who is there to make the world a better place. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I am incredibly grateful for all four of you for the work that you're doing to make our school better. But it's been an absolute pleasure to um, speak with you and just having our students here and just showing what amazing young people we have at our school. And I'm just so proud of all of you. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. You've been listening to the Davidson Day School Community Podcast, which is hosted by Pete Moore, head of school at Davidson Day. The podcast is recorded on campus in the heart of the Lake Norman area. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear them. Email your thoughts to podcasts at davidsonday.org. That's podcasts at davidsonday.org.